spooky intro, spooky intro, spooky intro, spooky intro. It's a spooky intro. It's not really. Uh, if cobwebs could make a sound, imagine that's the sound. Actually, I think that would be a beautiful sound. God's instrument, the sound of cobwebs being plucked in the sunlight covered in dew. Anyway, uh, hi. So as you can tell by the fact that this is something of a cold open, um, this is not a regular episode. Well, it is technically a regular episode, but not your regular, regular ones. Um, so uh, this season is going to be a bit of a mess for me, by which I mean the fall winter season. Uh, there's a lot, like so much, everything always happening constantly, uh, relentlessly and without care for the, uh, spirit, physical body, emotional stability, or, um, mental health of your favorite podcaster, Abigail Kelly, me. Um, and that's fine, but that also means that I'm trying to be a little bit kinder with, um, how I do things here to myself, um, and so for the first time ever, um, I'm actually going to play a rerun for y'all this week. Um, and I thought that since it's the spooky season, um, and I don't have the wherewithal, not the wherewithal, I have the wherewithal. It's more of like the time and like mental space and like physical body and all those things to record a whole new episode this past week um so because of that we're doing a rerun and because of spooky season i was like hey i should do a spooky one um and lord knows we have so much to choose from um might i suggest the kilted series imagine i'm gesturing to all of those wonderful spooky episodes with Brendan. Um, Lord knows I've covered enough ghosts. It's October. There's a whole suite of orc episodes you could listen to this month. Um, just vampires, all of it, everything. You know how your girl do. I think honestly, 90% of this podcast has talked about some sort of spooky creature of the night or uh, a variation thereof. Um, <laughs> Except for the times I've had contemporary romance authors on. Um, and that's great. So, but th- for this particular episode, I was like, okay, I want to do one of my favorites, one of my all timers. Um, and it may be one that you don't expect, or if you are a new listener, you might not know about it at all. And that is the Ghost and Mrs. Muir episode. I think, honestly, it's an absolute banger. Um, it's me and my dear friend V. Um, she read the book. Uh, I read the book. We discussed the classic film as well. Well, we complained about the classic film for the most part. Um, except for we, I think we went off on several long tangents about how hot the actor is in the film's context as a salty sailor man and in no other form. Um, so that's what uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about today. But before we get there, um, I wanted to. Uh, fill you in on some stuff that's going on. So, currently, like I said, it's Orktober. Um, I just dropped some <laughs> profane and profound stickers to honor this national holiday of Orktober. Um, they're Ork Blast stickers, which is a crisp and refreshing beverage. Great for mates and friends alike. 
a full meal. It's got aminos. It's got electrolytes. It's holographic. Shake it, give yourself a facial. And when my boss DM'd me at like 11 p.m. to ask if it was orc cum, I said no, because it's carbonated. So you can get those stickers um, right now. I limited quantity because they're going weirdly fast. Not weirdly. I guess folks are always nasty, but like I didn't expect for them to move this fast. So they're, they're going quite quickly. So if you do want them, they will not be reordered. So um, I get on it. It's on my Etsy shop. Um, you can find all of the things I do under the Abigail uh, stuff link in the show notes. Also time sensitive in... Oh my God, like less than two weeks, I'm going to be hosting an event uh, or hosting, being at, around, in conjunction with, performing at, something of of that nature um, at a uh, romance book event here in San Francisco, October 14th, 12 to 4 p.m. Um, at Bethany United, which is hilarious, um, which is just down the street from Folio Books. Uh, really awesome independent bookstore. So um, if you want to come meet me, if you want to hang, if you want to have your book signed, if you want to meet Zoe Draven, if you want to meet Crystal Ash, if you want to meet Essie Wendell, who's been on this podcast before, then this is your opportunity. It's going to be very small. It's going to be very cozy. We're going to ha- have like merch and stuff. We're just going to be vibing. We're going to do a Q&A. Um, there's going to be a giveaway of some really awesome books for people who attend, for people who attend only. Um, and so, yeah, so please, 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 I'm begging you, if you are a Bay Area person, please, please show up for you, girl. Oh, boy, I'm the only hometown girl. I'm the only San Franciscan, y'all. So if if y'all don't show, it's going to be humiliating. No, it'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll live. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, if you can't make it, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But I think it'll be really, really fun. And next year, we'll probably do it again, but it'll probably be a little bit bigger, at which point, you know, it'll be a little less cozy, a little less uh, rustic. And I think, you know, with this kind of stuff, it's really cool to be to go to one of the first things, um, even if it's, you know, maybe uh, a little a little small. Right. So I think it's going to be really, really cool. And I highly, highly encourage you to come, if not for me, then for the other authors who are going to be there. Um, and if for nothing else, then the, uh, the capitalist urge to get free stuff, cause there will be free stuff. Um, so yeah, um, please do that. Also, I got books coming out as always. I, the, the notes at the end are going to be all outdated. So do this now. There's heaps of books coming out. I have Burden's Bonds comes out in November. No, no. Abigail, no, it comes out in December. See, this is why I can't record an episode this week. This is already taxing my brain. Burden's Bonds. December 12th. It's going to be great. ARC team applications are currently open. If you don't know what that means, then you probably shouldn't apply. But also, whatever. I don't give a shit. An ARC is an advanced reader slash advanced review copy. Um, That just means that you get a free copy for promo purposes. Hopefully you then review and then uh, you promote the podcast. Podcast. You promote the book in your way. If you like it, if you don't, that's also fine. As long as you leave an honest review, then that's all that needs to happen. So um, if you want to be on the ARC team, we got an exclusive Discord server. You get the book a month early. You also get signed up to receive all of the novellas that'll come out between now and book four, which is when I'll be opening up 
um, the applications again. They won't be open <laughs> between uh, Burden's Bonds and Book Four. So all of the books that come out, you know, all of the books that came out this year, Vital, Strike, Empire, all of those, those went to my ARC team. And I did not open up applications to do that. So if you want those books, all the future novellas, sign up to be on the ARC team. Um, I'll choose people that seem like the best fit. Um, Mid-November, more or less, they'll get the book. They'll read it a month early and they'll leave a review. So that'd be cool. All right. That's all I've got in me. Happy spooky season, my friends. Um, I hope you like this episode as much as I like it. I think it's a hoot and a half. Um, and, uh, I highly encourage you to read this very short book, uh, The Ghost of Mr. Mirror. So have a fantastic start to your spooky season slash very wet, sticky, salty, amino-y. What is that thing where it's like a zygote? No. That, mm, uh, it, come have that for October. Yay! And on with the show! Is that still intelligible to your no, audience? No, it this can't point? be. It can't be. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you don't know what podcast you're listening to right now, then a series of things have gone wrong. <laughs> what if you just stumbled across and this is your first episode? Well, you still would need to like click the thing that has the name of the podcast and the episode title. They're just thinking you're stroking out right now. I mean, yeah, but that's <laughs> well. If this is your first episode, let me prepare you. I usually kind of sound like that, <laughs> so it won't be any different. Oh, Fantastic. Man. Well. Yeah. You look fabulous today, buddy. Thank you. I'm feeling fun and groovy. When I took Babs for a walk earlier, I had this debate with myself. Where I was like, is she wearing overalls or is she wearing a jumpsuit? And I realized, um, I think the distinction in my head is if it's work clothes or not work clothes. And I feel like yours are not work clothes and more fashion clothes. So I, therefore, I think it's a jumpsuit. I call it a jumpsuit, but also I don't make that distinction considering I wear overalls for fashion purposes constantly, but like... Well, I don't think, like, you wouldn't work, though. In, in this ju- jumpsuit. In yeah, jumpsuit. that's fair. Whereas you I could the, do both in the overalls. The construction of it, of course, I slapped it already. Immediately, Immediately just slapped the mic. Uh, I feel like the construction has to do with it, right? Like, this doesn't have pockets, so yeah, I guess the work attire thing is a fair point. Yeah. Anyway. Um... Talking about some fun and funky stuff today, huh? Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about Raw Dick (laughs) and her semen. Oh, you've been gearing up to say that. I was so fucking excited (laughs) to say that. That was all I was thinking about today. I, every time I've thought of the term raw dick for the past couple of days since you said it when we watched the movie i have it is upsetting how much you fucking laughed at that and i didn't even get a laugh out about my own fucking joke this is really funny i was so excited to add in the semen part uh, uh because he he keeps insisting that you can't call him a sailor yeah he's a semen he's a semen he's a semen yeah. Um. What's funny is, so what we're talking about today is one of my favorite movies of all time. And now I'm going to say one of my favorite books. I do very much I like I really book. like the book. Yeah. Um, the Ghost and Mrs. Muir by Raw, Raw Dick. Dick. Sorry, 
Ray Dick, <laughs> who who is a lovely lady. I don't remember Josephine what her name Leslie. is. Josephine Leslie, and she changed her name. The book was published in 1945. She changed her name to a pseudonym. Um, Which I love that she went with Raw Dick. So the quote was, she changed her name to a pseudonym for misogyny purposes so that her book wouldn't be discriminated against. So she chose the book. Just a raw dick. Just, don't worry. It couldn't have been written by a lady. It's all raw dick. It's it's like Sappho's husband, dick of man <laughs> level of like, hell yeah. Yeah, I love just it. Just make it up. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's great. I just every man raw dick. And the fact that like one of the plots in the story is also that like she writes a book that's so ridiculously overtly masculine that <laughs> it can't have been written by this woman. Yeah. It has to have been written by a swarmy sea captain. Did you say swarmy? Oh, yeah, I meant to say swarthy, and I just I'm gonna say swarmy though. They are swarmy. Swarmy. He is swarmy. <laughs> He's a swarm of drones and or insects. He does keep purposefully vague about the afterlife, so I'm just going to assume that he's manifesting that way. It turns out when you die, you just become a cloud of insects. Yeah. It's kind of like in Futurama, you know how Gif's parents (laughs) (laughs) are just a cloud of insects. Yeah. Or it's a possession situation where if you're like a ghost and not a demon, you can't possess human bodies, but you can possess Possess the the bodies of bugs small bugs bugs. yeah oh i don't know how i feel about that they are basically just like biological machines though huh yeah huh here's a philosophical question for you (laughs) anyway think about that talking about ghosts we're talking about ghosts okay so i was thinking about it because one of my dear listeners is finally listening to the planet the care cave bear episode care bear (laughs) the care bear what a much better episode that would be i wish i had read that bear uh and it gave me vivid flashbacks of the last time that i had you read something for the podcast this was a significantly more pleasant experience i really loved it there was only one downfall and it was martha it's true i was upset by martha's turn i mean i guess it's better than having her love be unrequited whatever i don't know i i I don't think martha got straightified and i wasn't a fan of it yeah um but uh so this movie is very famous i guess very famous it's like a classic old movie it's like one of the top 100 romantic movies of somebody somewhere something it's on a bunch of lists um it came out in 1947 the book came out in 1945 um it starred rex harrison who was only hot in this film only hot in this film I would be down to clown with Captain Greg. But only Captain Greg. And every other appearance, Rex Harrison is not it for me. No, not at all. He He needs the facial hair. He looks like a very specific facial hair in that movie. The just absolutely buck wild mustache, his meticulously groomed beard. He wears like a black on black suit the whole time like a turtleneck with a giant belt buckle. And he buckle. has his like pipe yeah. and it's all very like fun and sexy. He, like yeah. impossibly groomed. His hair never a hair out of place. Um, He's in- extremely attractive. He's a hot ghost. He's a very hot ghost. And he's which is I mean, honestly, being a ghost only makes him hotter. So there's levels. He of has it. a swarm of bugs. Yeah, he has a swarm of bugs, and I that is do, sexy. I am very attracted to each individual bug. <laughs> yeah, together, it a really, very sexy. Yeah. yeah, I can't finish unless he's buzzing. <laughs> 
<laughs> what really does it when you're having sex with a ghost is that all of those bugs are hitting different points of your body. You really haven't been pleasured by a partner until all of their many legs have crawled upon crawled you. Crawled all over you. And inside you. And inside of you, yeah. Yeah. It's a real sensory experience, a real... I will say, unfortunately, there was no banging in this in either in the book or the movie. Nothing. Yeah, no. I was kind of hoping that there would be some sensual experience in the book, but like it is very like <clears throat> very chaste. Very chaste, which makes sense for like the era, I guess. Yeah, but I will say, so for bo- for both the book and the movie, the era is ambiguous. It mm-hmm. kind of starts out as being kind of vaguely Edwardian. Um for instance, she is like when we first meet her, she is um Mrs. Muir, Lucy. She is wearing like full mourning clothes because her husband has died a few years prior. Um she's living with her in-laws in this like really stuffy Victorian house. Her in-laws fucking suck. They blow, they're super bad, and she wants to get out and she's putting her foot down, she's saying I'm moving out. Um but she's wearing still full mourning regalia, which is like not something people did past like the you know, 19, definitely not past 1920s. Mm-hmm. That was probably the tail end. Um, so that's kind of the period, although we don't get an exact date. Like, there's no mention of, like, either World War One or World War Two. Um, but over the course of the book and the movie, time passes and, like, you know, there's, like, like, she gets a radio at one point and, like, it's a whole thing. So if you're looking for, like, what exact time period this is set in good luck it's you're not gonna so find one. Fucking vague, it's dude. very vague there are cars but like she still remembers using like a coal fire and like all this stuff yeah um so whatever it doesn't matter it's set in a tiny seaside town in england filmed in the movie it was filmed in like malibu <laughs> and it definitely looks like malibu yeah it definitely does not look like england but that's fine it's, it's very fine. pretty it's gorgeous yeah yeah like, it's in black and white so whatever I mean. yeah uh, do you want to, like, give a vague summary of the plot yeah. before we go further, I guess? So, Mrs. Muir, Lucy, is um, desperate to get away from her overbearing in-laws. I guess, do they still count as in-laws if... I think so, even if it's, like, yeah, even if she's a widow, they yeah. could still be in-laws. Because she's not remarried, I suppose. Um, and she's desperate to get away. In the movie, she only has one child, a daughter, Anna. In the book, she has a son and her daughter, Anna, um, Cyril's Cyril. little bitch. Um... I kept wanting to root for him, and he kept just letting me down. It was such a wild trip to have this, like, extra child in there that I wasn't expecting. Because, like, we both watched the movie before the book, right? So it was like, ah, fuck Cyril. I know why they took him out. But anyway. he just blows. Yeah. Um, So she's trying to get away. She has a little bit of money. She's just, her in-laws are two, uh, her husband's unmarried sister and his mother and they treat her like a child and they don't they don't let her raise her own children basically she makes no uh, decisions on her own she's like i'm moving out so she decides to rent a house pretty um just out of nowhere it's it's an impulse especially in the book it's very impulsive she literally just basically hops on a train and is like i guess we're gonna move yeah um which good for her um this tiny town um and it's white cliff by the sea and she has only a little bit of money, so she wants to rent a place. And the person, the like realtor guy, Mr. Coom, um, is like, "Oh, we've got this home and this home and this home. Oh, but you don't want this one." And of course, she's like, "Excuse me, show me Gold Cottage. Show me Gold Cottage. Why would you even bring it up? You say it's perfect for me. Why would you bring it up?" And then 
She's very stubborn. It's a great trait. I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's very contrary. It's great. Uh, And he shows her, and it's this beautiful home of a former sea captain, a seaman. And uh, a seaman, very clearly a seaman, not a sailor. Yeah, a seaman. A seaman. He was retired uh, before he passed away. And uh, no one has been able to stay in the the cottage, which is definitely a full house, um, for more than a day. Uh, It was rumored he committed suicide. It was rumored. It was determined through hearsay and nothing else, pretty (laughs) much. Nothing else, yeah. Um, And she's like, I love ghosts. That sounds great. (laughs) She she, In the book, she does like a test run with her and Martha in there. Martha being her, like, I guess, handmaid whatever yeah she's like her cook and her cook her inner and, friend who yeah. she's known for a really long time um she's treated more like a friend in the movie i think whereas like in the book it's like she's like her friend but like they don't spend the book together really no because she stays at the at the other house yeah, yeah. she doesn't go with uh lucy like she does in the movie so she, in the book she does like a trial run with martha yeah. and then like that's when the first haunting happens which like i feel like makes more sense because she's just like yeah maybe this is haunted but like fuck it i'm gonna try yeah. it out but I'm not going to bring my kids into this yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. So in like the middle of that, she like makes an agreement with him to like not show his fucking face. Yeah. Basically, he wants her out and through crying and just being really, really interesting and very pretty. And like vaguely manipulative yeah. with the crying. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is convinced to let her stay. Um, and she somehow finagles him into agreeing to only stay in his bedroom slash their bedroom. Um, He will never show his face to the kids. He won't cause any problems as long as she agrees to purchase the house um, and leave it to retired seamen um, in her will. Uh, Because that's what he intended to do, but he died in an accident um, and never got the chance to. A gas-related accident. A gas-related accident. Not not the butt kind (laughs) Maybe the butt kind. Maybe the butt kind. We don't actually. We know. don't know. He would never we, admit it. Exactly. It might have been the butt kind. Might have been the butt kind. You know those accidents, those butt accidents. That's why I always had to open the window. This episode is brought to you by the butt related accident council. <laughs> His noxious fumes. Uh, so so they like, they make this agreement, and she moves in with her kids, and everything is great, and they act, they get along really, really well. Like they're a thorn in each other's sides, but they like like each other from the get-go like they have fantastic chemistry in both the book and the movie they have like a really good banter consistently top notch like it's so nice to see her be like a character that's like yeah she's supposed to be kind of nervous and like she's never had her home like her own life in yeah any point besides this one now where she has her house and her kids and like yeah she's finally living alone like her ex-husband like just didn't seem to give a shit about her actually not like abusive but just like a really boring average dude yeah and this is like her own time to come into it and it's like nice to see a character that's like doing that she met him when she was 17 they immediately got married she knew nothing about him pretty much turns out he was a really boring and bad architect um and he lived with his mother and sister who ran his entire life they had two kids her son is basically edwin jr um, and it just as boring and straight laced as her husband was. Her daughter is cool and very much like her and impulsive and artistic and stuff. Um, but Lucy herself has never lived a life at all. Like she went from being a teenager in her father's house to being married and a mother, but also being subservient to her 
husband's mother and sister. Yeah. Um, who, like, controlled everything from her social life to how she raised her kids to, like, all this stuff. Um, so she is 34 at the start of the book slash movie. And she is beautiful and, like, vibrant and just excited to live her life. But she knows almost nothing about actually existing in the world because she hasn't. And everyone everyone calls her Little Lucy. Yeah. Oh, Little Lucy. Poor Little Lucy. And she hates it. But, I mean... She's being, like, yeah. condescended at all times. Which, actually, I want to, like, hit something that was, like, pissing me off in the movie, which was the Lucia thing. Because, like, at some point, he decides it's to... Lucia. 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 Sorry. Sorry. He he starts calling her fucking Lucia instead of her name. Like, in the movie, it's like they're introducing themselves. Yeah. He's like, my name is Daniel Gregg, not, like, just Captain Gregg. Yeah. And she introduces herself as Lucy, and then he immediately is like, no, your name is Lucia. I and shall it's call just, you Lucia. And it's like, it pissed me off because I was like, don't you rename her? What the fuck is wrong with you? Big alpha male move. I'm going to give you a new name. But somehow in the book, it, it felt more works. justified. Because he was proud of her. When he gives her the name, it's be- in response to her being condescended to by her sister-in-law, who has just barged her way into her home and has been staying there for like a month. And she, Lucy finally tells her off and is like, you got to go. I don't like having you here. You're awful. Um, and, and her sister-in-law starts saying like, oh, poor little Lucy. Oh, little Lucy. And she, she tells her off. Um, and he's sitting there the whole time cheering her on. And that is when he decides to give her the new name. Cause he's like, I'm going to call you, you know, I'm, you're Lucia. I'm so proud of you. He actually yeah, says it's, it. It feels like a nickname rather yeah. than just like him just renaming her for no goddamn reason. Yeah. You're not little Lucy. You're Lucia. Like you're, you're my, you're my queen. He says mm-hmm. it's the name for a queen. Yeah. Um, and I fucking, can I just say Captain Greg of the book? King shit. King, King shit. shit constantly. 100% you can tell that the book is written by a woman and the like screenplay is written by a man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like still good in the movie, fine whatever, but like King shit in the he's so have, fucking cool. I have the page marked where he tells her uh, when she's like, she has no she has no concept of how pretty she is either. And this is not one of those times where it's like infuriating where it's like, "Oh, I don't know how beautiful I am" when everyone is always telling her. She literally I don't think she's ever actually been told that she's she's beautiful yeah, or like Yeah, or like worthwhile at all. She's mm-hmm. just been condescended to her entire life. And um he uh <laughs> This is a conversation they have about halfway through the book where he's pointing out to her he's like well you could get married again like someone's gonna want to marry you and she's like what are you talking about no one's gonna want to marry me i'm you know 34 with two kids i'm a widow like no one's gonna he's like are you fucking with me you're a babe you're a fucking babe he calls her um i don't i didn't mark that page but it's like the same conversation when he calls her he's watching her get undressed and she's like i'm very uncomfortable oh yeah he calls her like a venus or something he calls her uh who would have known that underneath all those layers there's a secret venus de milo oh yeah fucking are you kidding very fun and sexy very fun and sexy my favorite part though is when he says uh don't be coy damn it you must know you got naturally curly hair and eyes as blue as the calm sea and ears like like little pink shells. Surely you must get a feeling of pleasure at your own appearance every time you look in the glass. And she says no. Uh, and she's like, I don't like my nose. And he goes, it's a dear little nose. What's wrong with your nose? <laughs> well, it's got freckles on it. 
There are exactly seven freckles, and I like them. <laughs> fucking it's king so shit. Cute. King it's shit. so fucking sweet and cute, and their interactions are just so fucking good in the book. <sighs> they're really good in the movie, too, but, like, in the book, it's just, like, there are, like, all these, like, really nice, tiny little moments between them. They spend almost all of their time together. Like, every... In the movie, you don't get that, because obviously they gotta keep the pacing and stuff. Yeah, it and makes the timeline's sense. crunched. But in the book... They spend months and months when, like, the first year she's living there, there's no, like, overarching, like, plot of things he wants her to do besides get the house or whatever. There's no, you know, pressure or anything. They just spend their evenings together. Every and, every night she goes up to her room and he talks about the day. They break down the day together. And it's like, oh, shit, what a beautiful little married couple. And the thing is, like, the house thing gets resolved really quickly uh-huh. in the book. Uh-huh. Like, he has, like, some hidden money and he's just, like, mm-hmm. by the house. Yeah. Um, And, like, the it comes back up again very briefly when talking about, like, paying off some stuff for her kids. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the most part, it's handled, which is, like, a very big conflict in the yeah. in the movie. Yeah, the conflict has definitely moved away from the interpersonal stuff to the outside conflict of her not having enough money, which is a big part of the book, but definitely not until, like, the book split into, like, four parts, right? Not until about part three do we really get that. And it's, like, minor hiccups, really, and it's not even resolved with the writing of the book, (laughs) actually. It's it's almost resolved in spite of the writing of the book. Yeah. but she she they they have this relationship which is which is super compelling from the get go because he is just like so reluctantly charmed by her but also he's so clearly like mourning the fact that he is dead and he's like i would fucking show you the world if yeah. i could like it's he says a few a few times things that she doesn't pick up on which is like um if only you had been born a few years earlier yeah and if only i had lived a few years longer um which is like it's oh. it's so tragic in there it's like it, it hurts like, like several times being like i would have shown you this and blah 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 and you would have loved this uh and it's she like, misses it she misses it yeah, entirely it's she never pick up on like it. It, it doesn't really feel like their romance is like I escalated, moved in any way until, like, the very end of the book. That's the difference between the book and the movie. Whereas in the movie, you get, you definitely get the feeling that she returns his feelings and only pursues relationships outside of him when he kind of rejects her. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that also makes the change of, at one point, there is um, a conflict between them and he goes away for several years um in the book he's gone for like the rest of her life essentially he like dips um in the movie yeah sorry in the in the yeah no in the book in the book he's gone for like a year and then he comes back he he disappears for a year after like one conflict about i think it was god i'm trying to remember i literally had this book yesterday was it was it just the no it wasn't even a conflict it was him like atoning for doing the the yeah the relationship yeah which like or screwed her over real bad. Which I think once again was better handled in the book than yeah. the movie. Which I understand why they did it in the movie yeah, that way. Hard to read in uh, in a on a film like that. That visually, there's a lot of internal stuff going on. Also, what's not really talked about in the movie for obvious reasons is that he is privy to people's thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. He can follow anybody. But difference between the book and the movie is that in the movie, 
we're seeing the beautiful in this role rex harrison um he just kind of appears in the dark shadows as like a fully formed man because they couldn't do any actual like effects or anything yeah very good but in the book he he has no physical form at all you can't she can't ever see him she can only hear his voice um which is a very different vibe it feels much more intimate Mm -hmm. um uh, and he (laughs) just makes you laugh because every time he assures her like i have no physical wants or desires don't worry i don't look at you in any way lustfully but then he goes on to be like like really hot though <laughs> you're like super beautiful yeah um which like i think the the death talks that they have in yes. the book are really fun just like him being like you're never gonna get it and like you're in kindergarten if i talk to you <laughs> about like deep philosophical yeah. <laughs> like death stuff like you're never gonna understand and it's like fun for them to keep bringing it up because it's like He's not, like, treating her like she's dumb, I guess, in the phrasing. No, he never treats her like she's stupid. Yeah. It's more just like a... You're just not going to get it. You're never going to understand what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I obviously, like... Yeah. This is just, like, too much when you're thinking about, like, living and dying. One thing I liked about those conversations is Mm -hmm. that she never once asks like about her husband or like yeah <laughs> never she has no interest in her husband her husband only comes up to just be like yeah i kind of sucked like bummer he just he immediately is like you didn't love your husband she's like well don't say that that's really rude that's and so rude and he's like but you didn't she's like well maybe but that's not you can't say it and every time she just like deflects and like it doesn't come up again and obviously she doesn't fucking love her husband yeah. her husband sucked it sounded like um but like I, I really, I really like how they handled the the conflicts inside of the book. Um, the main conflict in the movie mm-hmm. becomes the fact that she, a needs to write the book, but like part of that gets entangled with her meeting Miles Farley. Fairly, wow! I think they pronounce it Farley, but it's spelled fairly. So um. So in the movie. Smooth talking pasty face yeah in the movie he's like a writer he's like a children's author or whatever uncle netty uncle netty um who hates children who hates children he fucking sucks he like weasels his way into like helping her basically by like giving her his like time slot with a publisher when she's trying to get the book that she wrote with which is definitely how books are published (laughs) yeah uh she wrote a book with um captain greg to like finance the house basically to like for the for the movie it's to buy the house and then for the book it's like she just needs she just doesn't have any money yeah she's just running low on money and she needs to pay for a bunch of her kids stuff otherwise she's gonna have to sell the house okay um in the movie he like helps her with an appointment and then they like spend time together because it's raining and like she needs to take a cab he chases her down yeah like he will he literally at one point grabs her elbow and does not let her go it's very like persistence is fine if you're hot sort of vibe which is like she she definitely tells him to leave her alone he he literally their first meeting is him like standing on the stairs outside of the building she's about to go in and him like watching her walk up the stairs and immediately following her up and following her to the building to like lean against the wall right next to her as she's trying to get an appointment like it's very sleazy from the start but like he's also very charming um and lucy is very young at heart and she's still romantic and she wants she wants love and they have a chance meeting again um, a few months later uh, where in the movie she, he is like 
very not creepily watching her down on the beach play with her children in her bathing suit painted her in her her bathing suit which is like pretty inappropriate in those times real weird and honestly real weird weird all the time yeah Yeah, real weird to just paint somebody's body Yeah. yeah fucking little freak in the i i am more sympathetic in the book because how they meet in the book is that she's walking with her dog and her dog like goes into a rabbit hole and like it collapses on him and And she's like not able to dig him out and like he ends up stumbling by which is actually like captain greg's influence yeah um and right before this in the book they had had this argument Mm -hmm. about her like getting married again and how he's sure like the first handsome man to come along she'll fall right in whatever yeah he's trying to he's trying to teach her a lesson to be more careful and to just like i don't know be more mature almost because he i think honestly most of captain greg's character at this point is geared toward protecting lucy Mm -hmm. he that's he doesn't ever say it he never comes out and says it but she asked him like well i did the thing you wanted i'm gonna leave the house to to sailors and stuff why are you still here shouldn't you move on Mm -hmm. and he is very evasive but the reader knows that he's He's stick around for her. Yeah. He wants to hang out with her. Yeah. He wants to stick with her and he wants to like help her out. Yeah. He wants to help her raise the children. Like he's mm-hmm. basically a, a father to them, even if they don't know him. Like, yeah. Because he's also influencing how she parents. Uh-huh. Uh, like there's a conflict that he ends up like weighing in mm-hmm. on and like basically has... fixes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he does this thing where they, they, they get in an argument about it because he's like, she, she is stalwartly believes she is absolutely not influenceable by men and then uh so he's like he sees perfect opportunity to show her exactly how influenceable she is um by having this handsome man come run and help her and of course the handsome man is immediately enthralled by her because who wouldn't be she's beautiful and she's she's wonderful and she's interesting and it turns out it starts raining Mm -hmm. and so they have no choice but to run away to his little cottage kind of strong arms her into doing once again he strong arms her (laughs) into going he strong arms her into staying um it's all very creepy. Yeah. Uh, just like in the movies. A little creep. It's a little oh, creep. A little freak. And they basically end up having this... Uh, it's a chaste affair, pretty much, over the course of, like, a summer. They they kiss, which they kiss. does make her a whore. It does make her a whore, especially because she's a widow. Yeah, so... Um, because she does know the carnal delights, and yeah. so she she shouldn't... She, shouldn't she knows the consequences of a smooch. Yeah, it's true. It gets you pregnant. You just... She waggling tongues and Ooh, exchanging tongues, huh? spittle, yeah. Let me caress your tongue. Everyone knows that kissing is supposed to be two tongues I, slapping my, against my each other. My favorite thing to read in a romance novel is when people say, um, and then they thrust their tongues against each other, mimicking what what is going to happen later. And I'm always I've like, never read that in my fucking life. I, I read it quite frequently where it's like, or like mimicking what he wanted to do with his cock or whatever. Oh, I'm just like, I've never, <laughs> I, I've read the like thrusting tongues into mouths or whatever, which is always just like, <laughs> I understand that you're I trying imagine, to like an eel coming <laughs> in and out of a <laughs> hole, you know, <laughs> just like making your tongue really hard and just popping it into somebody else's mouth. Like you're mouth. trying to press a button. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in here. I don't know if you've ever tried to press a button with your tongue, like on an elevator. Fixed it, Terry. 
that's what that's what Miles was doing to Basically, her. like he like he he says I'm in love with you. I want to like spend all my days with you. He, and he also fuck them kids. I don't also, want your fucking kids. He doesn't even propose to her right away. He doesn't. No. She like basically has to lead him into it. Like, so you want to get married? And he's like, ah, yeah, you gotta sure, get rid of those fucking kids. Fuck them kids. You gotta get rid, rid of them fucking kids. How dare you think of any? This is like Edward in he Twilight level. Like, like so fast. I don't want you to think about anyone but me. You're selfish if you. How dare you? And she's like, well, what am I gonna do with the kids? And he's like, I don't care. I don't fucking care. Give them to some. Give them to your in laws. What the fuck? And he then starts being condescending and being like oh uh oh little lucy oh maybe you should go home and think about it maybe you should grow up but don't grow up too much i like you just as i you like are. you i like you innocent naive dumb as shit yeah and ready to make out with me under a tree uh and so she she goes home and she's seriously considering Abandoning, abandoning her, her children for this well, dude. She has like this like little thought for yeah. a bit and she's like talking to Captain Greg about it and then like he reveals that because he is an omnipresent swarm. Yeah. Um he finds out that he Miles is married. And he has known this whole time. He's known. And he's um, even gone to see his wife and his children. And his mistress that he already has. Yeah. Um, and he he's really, really repentant. And he's like, I, f- oh, I fucked up. Oh, I beefed it real bad. And he's, he realizes the harm he's going to do to Lucy in having done this to her. And he is horrified by he, it. He's super fucking upset. Yeah. And um, I think that's after. And then after that, he disappears for like a year or something. Yeah. To, and like repentance. He's like, I'm fucking sorry. But he doesn't do the thing that he does in the movie, mm-hmm. which, once again, it doesn't make sense because I think he had talked about going to his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he should have known that this man is married, but whatever. But, like, in the movie, he, like, the romance happens and then he's just like, well, I guess you're in love and sayonara. Well, he, they have a fight about him being a bad man where he's like, I don't like him. I don't like him. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, the one thing really frustrated me about the movie was that even so Martha, her maid in the movie who doesn't follow her in the book, um, is like, she fucking hates this dude. Her kids don't like him. Well, she doesn't know that. Captain Greg doesn't like him. But neither Martha nor Greg, the only two people in her life who can give her counsel. Um, have any good justifications for why this guy ha- they sucks. They don't say any. They're just like, he. I just don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. And it's like. Okay, why? but why? And, and the more, I think it's a very human reaction to if someone says something like that and you are already predisposed to not wanting to listen, to then have them not be able to sufficiently just fucking tell you why. Is you like, just dig your yeah, heels in Yeah, more. you go like, well, then fuck you. If you're not going to actually tell me, then no. Um, Which, like, in the book, she's still kind of like, there's no fucking way you're right. But then, like, the next day she confronts him about it. And yeah. He was right. He, she, and then she kind of justifies even that. She's like, "Well, it's the modern times, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, okay, if he wants me to leave my kids, I guess, guess he." Ah, but she's like really conflicted. She doesn't want to do that to another woman, but she's like, "Well, if he's not happy, she kind of she vacillates." And like, what about my yeah. happiness? Like, who cares about everyone else? But what about my happiness? And then she ends up seeing him with his mistress yeah. in a cabin, who he pretends is his cousin. Yeah, it's all like it's gross really, and gross. weird. Um, and so, like, 
he's gone and then he immediately comes back and everything is kind of back to normal and like and then they spend the rest of her life together yeah they write the book together after that yeah. he miles has no involvement in that book process in that he's just kind of like a throwaway sort of situation they spend the rest of their life together um the conflicts that come after that are in relation to like her kids trying to yank her out of the house so that they can live with her yeah in like an attempt to help her and protect her, but also just, like, another aspect of, like, her her family basically trying to take away her independence. Yeah. And to use her. Like, even even Anna, who is the healthiest relationship that, um, that Lucy has with her family, even Anna, in the end, is kind of, kind of only wants to have her mom there for fun, for her, for her mm-hmm. entertainment, um, which is fine there are worse reasons like her her son cyril wanted her to live with him and his new wife um because they wanted her to watch their baby yeah basically parent their kids so that they could go on trips and whatever and it's just like fuck you no yeah um her that whole situation sucks and she manages to like get her way out of it and then like she just spends her like old age in her house with her ghost and martha and dogs in a series of dogs that she loves very much yeah um and which was i was so relieved that is i was dreading that part of the book because the movie does not do this the movie has her basically uh they have this big fight her and captain greg and then he leaves her and, and he wipes her memories. He convinces her it was all a dream. And she wrote the book herself. And, you know, that's it. And she, so I want to circle back to one of the main themes of this book is that Lucy is attempting to um, figure out what her fucking purpose is because mm-hmm. she has had not she hasn't had a chance to even be a person let alone have a purpose so she's she, standing she up on her own two little yeah, legs her tiny her tiny little leggies we find out by the way there we do find out in the book specifically that she weighs only 108 pounds yeah she's a very small woman um when they say little lucy they mean it both literally and figuratively um but she is she laments it and she even talks to martha about it she's like well you've done something with your life you had a vocation you did things and martha's like you made two kids but she you yeah. did some things and she's like they just happened they, i don't really did i i don't know i wasn't very present during that process <laughs> um so so there is that both in the book and in the movie in the movie though she has this fight with captain greg after M- miles you know does his hullabaloo and all of that explodes and she's heartbroken she's devastated because lucy hasn't actually ever experienced heartbreak before yeah she didn't love her husband enough to experience heartbreak when he and died and this is like the first time she had like and then simultaneously it's also like there's a missing relationship she doesn't know that she was like agency was stolen from her mm-hmm. in that relationship because greg just decides that he's gonna fuck off uh-huh. and like make her memories dreams which yeah. like what a fucked up thing to like mourn a relationship that never was yeah. and then like also Miles turning out to be a fucking evil fuckboy. So he does that. The relationship crumbles. She's devastated. All of a sudden, her only friend who knows her big secret, which is that she helped write this book, which doesn't even really belong to her, um, like, is gone and has never existed, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she 
proceeds to spend the next like 30 40 years alone. kind of miserable alone and if it were like oh this is something that lucy has chosen mm-hmm. like she wants to and is delighted at being alone but like she in the movie makes it clear that she does want to experience love again and have never does yeah. she just walks lonely along the beach yeah which yeah. like it would have been different if it was just like okay well she finds like power in her her loneliness like yeah she has martha but like no no and also on top of that to circle back around to the purpose she doesn't even by the end of the the movie she talks to her daughter about like like was that book even mine like i don't yeah. even she feels no sort of accomplishment or joy or pride or anything at having written that book and mind you at that point, she is still pretty convinced that she's the one who came up with it mm-hmm. because she was convinced that Captain Greg was a dream. So, like, she doesn't even have joy in actually having accomplished anything, which was the point of, like, her intro in the movie. So she just lives a miserable yeah. life. And then at the end of the movie, which I just want to say, once again, handled better in the book, she fights with Martha right before she dies. Oh, my God, for sure. Um. And then she dies, and Captain Greg is there to receive her. She kind of just, like, waves past Martha at the end, and they walk into, I guess, the sunset, but just out the door and out to, into, like, the afterlife, whatever. Into the sandworms. Yeah, into the sandworms. <laughs> they both become swarms. Yeah. Um, their beetle bodies they collapse. Just kinda, they kind of they mix together. They yeah. join swarms. They join swarms. Um, the it's, true marriage. The the final marriage, actually. Yeah. Okay, so in the book, they spend their lives together. Yeah. Um, Martha comes back to take care of her in her old age a little bit. Yeah. Um, which, like, I'm going to get into Martha in a second. But, like, anyway, point being is, like, Martha comes back and she, like, at the end of it, it's the same argument, which is, like, Martha brings her some hot milk. And Lucy's turning Lucy's, to a crotchety old lady. She's getting that grumpy old lady shit. And she's being like, don't bother me. Stop fussing and leave me yeah. alone. Everyone's always bothering me. Uh, and Captain Greg's like, you call her back in here. Because Captain Greg knows she's dying. And she's she dying. Doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, if you fucking leave it like that, you will regret it so badly. I'm not going to let you do that. Call you her f- back in You right call now her back in right apologize. now. apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, thank God. He does not do that in the movie. And it's really sad. Martha goes away and is like, oh, I'm just, just trying to help. And that's, like, the last time they interact. Yeah. Like, Whereas in the book, awful. like, she's just like, hey, I'm sorry I was being mean. And yeah. Martha's like, don't worry about it. Just drink a little bit of milk. Yeah, I'm worried about you. How are you feeling? I'm worried about you yeah. and I care about you. And, yeah. like, then she dies and mm-hmm. then they walk off yeah. together. Um, And it's great and it's wonderful. And that's what Martha deserves because movie Martha, fun and sapphic. <laughs> I refuse to believe she had a husband. I don't believe it. I don't believe Martha it. Martha was no sapphic, way. 100%. The way she was ladies. looking at Lucy? Yeah. I think they were life partners. Just because Captain Greg didn't have a body, you know. I mean, life partners. Yeah, life partners. I don't. I don't know if there was a romance there, but I'm not worried about it. On Martha's end, definitely. Whatever. I mean, like the how jealous she got of Miles. Yeah. I don't know. Life partners. She looked a little bit too long in that that bathing painting. <laughs> 100%. She was pissed about the bathing painting. But also horny about it. But also so it. horny, and that's what upset her. 
I love Martha's character. Um, I love her in the book. Um, she's like this cockney, fun yeah. little like her. The way her accent her was accent written in, in the, the book, book was, was I had to reread the sentences over and over again. But it also, like when I read them out loud, I was like, "Oh yeah, that is that's just cockney." Like it was written perfectly. It was written one hundred percent perfectly. The problem was just that I was like, "Cockney of, people." There were no H's in there. What are you saying? It was wild. Um, yeah, Martha was great. I I loved I her. I love Martha. And in the book, she has a husband, and she ends up staying with the like step mother and sister in law, the in law family. Yeah. Sorry, not step family. Uh, the evil stepmother. Oh, God. And you know, even in the book, I feel like we got a little bit more depth to them to that conflict. In, yeah, in that like they were awful, but also Lucy does come to realize um her privileged position in that her sister-in-law um whose name is escaping me doesn't matter Ava Ava yes um she is clearly miserable and she's kind of always known that but it isn't until after she leaves that she realizes why Ava is so miserable and why she's so awful and how it is actually coming from a good place but it's coming from a place of she has no one who cares about her and so she inserts herself into other people's lives because her mother is dead her brother is dead her niece and nephew are out of her house her only companion really lucy is out of the house um She's not needed by anyone. And Lucy yeah. has this kind of moment of insight where she's like, oh, how awful to know that you are not needed or wanted by mm-hmm. anyone in the world. Um, doesn't make her want to have she's Ava in her life at all. She's intolerable. And it sucks that she is feeling so alone, but also she sucks. Yeah, but also she fucking blows. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say any moment where it was clear that like Ava actually did care about Lucy, where she would like duck in to like make sure that she was like, you know, taken care of and like actually like fluff her pillow and stuff. Mm-hmm. I did kind of like that because I felt like it made Ava a little bit more human. Ava was a person in the yeah. book, whereas in the movie she's just kind of like a huffy puffy bitch. Yeah, she's just a bitch, and she's she, they're run out of Lucy's life very quickly. Captain mm-hmm. Greg forcefully evicts them from the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a very fun scene um, where he just like they can't see him, but he grabs both of their arms and he marches them down the stairs and out the door. Yeah, which is super fun. I enjoyed that, but I also like that in the book she sticks around yeah uh and she's kind of an ever-present sort of being in her life and in the life of her son cyril who mm-hmm. is a lot like that family at the beginning when uh lucy is contemplating her son um which doesn't happen very often because she doesn't really care for her son she yeah. loves him but she doesn't really care for him um she she has this moment of realization where she's like why can't i connect to my son like why why is he the way he is why am i the way i am what's going on here and she has this moment where she goes oh because he's ava's son yeah they are peas in a pod like exactly he's, the same they're, he's a little neurotic he's yeah. he's a little self-obsessed yeah um it's real it's a real character the captain calls him a little prick he's like but at least he's not spoiled yeah and, and Cyril sucks. Cyril does suck. Yeah. Uh, he sucks in a very mild way where he doesn't ever do anything terrible. He's just really judgy and very proprietary with people in the family. 
And he doesn't approve of his sister becoming a dancer. He doesn't approve of his mother living alone. He goes on to become like he's a brown noser. He goes he goes on to become a like a a bishop's apprentice, whatever the yeah fuck those something are like that. Because, I think he ends up a vicar. Or whatever, yeah, he, or he he never gets as high as he wants to. But mm-hmm. like, also we get this like ending line at the end of the book where it's just like, and he mellowed the fuck out and he like chill. Yeah, he calmed fine. down. Yeah. His like daughter ends up being an actress or something his or his son, son ends an actor, actor yeah. and like finally he can just be chill about it because yeah. before he loses his mind that uh, Anna becomes a dancer because it's making her into a whore for the yeah. public so he they the compromise that Captain Greg comes up with is that Anna goes under a pseudonym so that yeah. nothing connects back to him um, which smart of Captain Greg but, but also it's insufferable yeah he's 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 a terrible little she wasn't going to be, become a ballerina, mind you. Yeah. Like, she wasn't going on to, like, you know, dance the pole. <laughs> well, she was being Might taught well. by a Russian. That so. is true. And what, you know she's red. What kind of got me? That line. <laughs> that line. I was like, what time period is this? It doesn't matter. We hate commies no matter what. I I felt personally like, damn. It would have been, like, the 30s, max. I guess we just always guess, hated communists. I guess. Um. Damn, I was I was like so taken out for a second. Yeah. I was just like, damn, okay. Yeah. All right. She's just trying to teach her ballet. Yeah. I'm like, what do you care if she's a commie? Damn. And then Anna ends up getting herself a wealthy and extremely powerful husband who adores her. Yeah. Um, and she quits dancing because she didn't really care about it. Yeah. Um, she liked it, but she also was like, oh, I just realized I just kind of like having fun and doing whatever I want. And fucking valid. Yeah. Good for I you, love Anna. It. Yeah, yeah. Freedom. Um, and... Yeah, she ma- she marries a lord. She <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and she's so angry. She's like, I, w- I wanted to marry like a bus driver or something just to fucking spite my brother. And instead, I got a lord. Yeah, and now she's like coming back to the family with her name. And like, it's yeah. it's nice in the sense that like at the end of the book, it's like her family is reunited because yeah. they were a split family for a bit. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, um, which like. Cyril sucks, but, like, I'm glad he mellows out, yeah. right? He becomes, like, a normal fucking person yeah. instead of just, like, a really weird little... Little brown little, little bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Hate that guy. <laughs> fucking Cyril. And he just is completely out in the movie. Like, just, Yeah, he doesn't exist in the movie. He doesn't exist in the movie, which I, I think it for the best. For the he, best. Having that kind of complicated relationship in a movie just would, like, make Lucy not sympathetic, whereas in the book, you're reading her thoughts and her feelings. If, let me say... If the conversation with Miles had been in the movie of him being like, you have to get rid of your kids and her being like, well, let me yeah, think about sure, it. Yeah, sure. Let me think about if it. If that had been in the movie, it would have been bad. Like, it would have think- been super bad and it wouldn't have been good for Lucy's character because she would have become immediately unlikable. One thing to read it on the page, quite another to see that and be like, oh, you're a fucking monster then. Yeah. Holy shit. You've known this guy for five minutes. Whereas like in the book, we're like privy to like Lucy's internal thoughts yeah. and feelings and all of that and like you can kind of understand her thought process it's like insane but she's also kind of naive and like she's swept up in the fantasy she's never been in love before you don't i don't i never got the feeling that she was actually going to she do was it. never gonna actually do it but, but like she thought, she thought about it, about it be, and you were privy to it yeah so like yeah it sucks and captain greg unfortunately was also privy to it because he can read her thoughts mm-hmm. so like in that he's very judgmental because he's like, well, 
I, of fuck? course, yeah. of course, you're being such a woman right now and falling mm-hmm. to the first. But I warned you, and it's my fault, and I feel bad. But also, Jesus fucking Christ, Lucy. It's like, well, okay, she wasn't actually gonna do it. Come on. Yeah, but you know, whatever. also whatever. Yeah, like, not a good look, Lucy. It's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's real fucked up. But like, a lot of those like interpersonal dramas are really well done in the book. Like, yes. it's like nice to read and like. Also, the description it, is really beautiful mm-hmm. in the book. I did, was not expecting that. I tend to, I don't know, like tune that stuff out with older books because I feel like they get really gratuitous. But we just got these beautiful little pops of really yeah. bright description. I loved the the way that they were talking about the blue bonnets in the Miles oh scenes. Oh, my God. Like him like murdering the blue bonnets as he's leaving and her just like at some point stepping on them and like, uh-huh. my, like mourning that as yeah. she does it. Like, it was just like, oh, this is, like, I don't know, really thoughtful and, the, like, the a really... The descriptions of the actual countryside mm-hmm. were were gorgeous. And, like, the home, we never got, like, gratuitous description of the home. Um, we, all, we got these fun little snatches of them arguing about her redecorating. Which, like... The gargoyle oh mantle God. was so fucking funny. Also, the, the initial descriptions of the house, I'm so glad they didn't take it that direction <laughs> in the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Captain Craig has terrible fucking taste. He, he like, accumulates all these trophies from around the world, but in the way that somebody who recently has come into wealth does where they mm-hmm. buy the things that they think look expensive yeah and, so and he's he... just having fun yeah. collecting things from like where the fuck ever yeah and just putting them in there i think also one one of the undertones that i liked one of the like really subtle bits of romance in the book was how he he takes umbrage a lot with her with her doing things that he thinks are are her not treating herself as well as she should. Like, mm-hmm. um, whenever she does something that accidentally makes it so she's living in less luxury than he wants her to be living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with the linens, the conversation about the linens. Right yeah. There, where he, he both chastises her for being like, she brings her own linens to stay the night for that first experiment night. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like, totally upbraids her he's like i can't why would you bring this like girly shit in my house in my bed and also actually i have better linens irish linens i have irish linens that are much better and better for your skin your beautiful beautiful skin (laughs) use those next time (laughs) and it's like okay and that's kind of the tone he carries throughout yeah like but it's like it's so beautiful like it's so it's so of course you should treat yourself treat yourself you live your life um and it's not condescending it's not mean he doesn't treat her like a fucking idiot which is just like he treats her like a partner yeah and it's nice i like i really like their relationship in the book i love their relationship in the movie too but like in the book it's just like really yeah it's very good. I loved the book. I did not, I was not sure. I knew nothing going into mm-hmm. it besides that I initially watched this movie when I was probably around 10 with my grandma. It's one of my grandma's mm-hmm. favorite movies of all time. Um, so I'm very fond of it and I got you to watch it. And uh, I really liked yeah, it. Yeah. It's like a fun movie. Um, it has its flaws, but overall, It has its flaws. Like, I I know that we, like, maybe said some stuff in this, <laughs> like, that implied that, like, maybe we don't enjoy it. Genuinely, we enjoy the movie. I really love the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, like. 100 percent. if anything yeah. the fact that i'm able to criticize it is a good sign yeah if i if i didn't care about it at all i wouldn't talk about it yeah um but i i did not know that it was based on a book until like a couple of weeks ago when i just happened to be googling something at work um and i found it the writer rod dick uh, josephine leslie um she 
doesn't have anything else besides a book that is no longer in print and I can only get for like a hundred bucks pop. Unfortunately, if anyone wants to treat me, get me, get me that one. It's, it, get us some raw dick in this what's house. What's the title? It's it's like Satan something, right? Like, is it another romance? Yeah. I hope it's a Satan. Uh, the Devil and Mrs. Divine. Ooh, that's fun. And then she walked to the wedding, which I could not find anywhere. But The Devil and Mrs. Divine is the one I want. But it's you can only get a used copy for like a hundred bucks. Um, this book is only about two hundred pages long. It's not. It's not a chonker at all. It's a very quick read. It's very readable. I think it might be intimidating the first couple of paragraphs because there's kind of there's a lot of run on sentences and dialogue in yeah. the first paragraph. Weirdly, the rest of the book isn't like that. Um, it doesn't feel exhausting to read at all. I finished no. it in like I did two and a night. half hours. Yeah, I did. It, I did it last night. Uh, yeah, I was at night. I like finished it really quick and like. I didn't feel like I'm trying to rush through this so I can get ready for this podcast. It was like, oh, like it's very, very. Pleasant. It's hard to put down. I'm just ready to keep reading it. Um, I will say, did you fucking read the foreword? I did read the foreword. That foreword, it's trash. It's really there's nothing in it. I don't and know what she's got saying. It wrong. It got it wrong. Did you pick up the that she got it wrong? Wait, what part? She says that Captain Greg died in a fire. Oh no, I did this, not catch that. So this filmmaker. Adriana Trigani, Trigiani, Trigiani. Never heard of um, her. Uh, first of all, love that he calls her Lucia in the movie. Yeah, I was so star, irritated star, by first her. Line. Um, she does not talk about the book at all. Um, she basically just... She just talks about the movie. She just talks about the movie, and even that, it's like weirdly it's like reading wikipedia like yeah, there's nothing it's to oddly it. superficial with her and talking like, about how she watched it every day when she was pregnant bitch you watched this every day when you was pregnant and, and you thought he died it. in a fire this is all you got from it he clearly kicked the gas with and his that's foot why he's in his got sleep. a gas that's vendetta. why he opens the window yeah. gas I... vendetta <laughs> <laughs> that's her favorite song um anyway it's just a worthless introduction not worth reading but uh i i rarely have I encountered in a forward that's like really bad well it seems like the people who are publishing this now are just like it's like a movie it's like a classic movie publishing company but it didn't even have any interesting things to say about the movie itself have anything to say about it no um I don't it seems like they just picked a a lady who really liked it yeah we're like does anybody know somebody who's in film who likes this movie yeah and that's it can you write three pages um yeah anyway i i fucking i loved it It i really enjoyed it i was like classics now um i i'm glad in the book they get like a much happier ending it feels like it feels like their romance like really flourished and then like when they become one swarm it feels like it's earned (laughs) yeah as we all hoped someday achieve yeah i think it's interesting that the romance was so much more satisfying in the book when we got so much less romance on Lucy's side yeah. in the book. Um, you still felt like Captain Greg knew that they were soulmates and that's why they like that's why he stayed. Yeah. Um, cause that's what he says is uh what is it, like the last that like they were meant to be. Um I think it's like literally on the last page. Yeah, let me see. God also can we just say while I'm looking for this, his fucking insults, his seafaring so insults. Fun. So fucking fun. so good. Um, uh, I'm like mad because I don't remember, but I remember I had like one of those like tiny little books of like 
sailor slang when I was a kid. Oh. I, I wish I had it right now so I could have peppered it in God, this whole time. Honestly, if you like seafaring puns and insults, it's, like he's just. I was laughing out loud yeah. as I was reading this. Like, he is He's so, so good. fun with his, like, little insults and his, like... Damn it, blast. Damn it, blasted. Damn it, Lucia. Um, <laughs> I love doing blast that to it. Greg. Blast it. <laughs> blast, blast, blast. Blast, blast, blast. Uh... What does he say? Um... No, he doesn't say. He says something about them, like yeah, as they were meant to, or whatever. He says it before she actually dies. Oh yeah. Um, before Martha comes in, because she starts feeling bad. Um, let me see. Oh, um, <clears throat> uh, he says, "Well, Lucia, uh, I wish you wouldn't come bursting in on me like that." Lucy said irritably. "You're tired, me dear," said the captain. But never mind, you'll feel better soon. Of course I'll feel better soon, snapped Lucy. I'd feel better now if you'd go away and let me go to bed. She's hey, so crouchy. She's so grouchy and mean. Um, and then, uh, says, don't, don't get in a, in a state, mum. <laughs> Martha's so choice. Poor, poor Martha does not deserve their final argument at all. But, like... Glad they resolved it in the book. Yes, because they <clears throat> fucking did not. They did not do it in the movie, and it pissed me off so much that she was mean to Martha in her final moments. It was bad enough that you didn't love her back, Lucy. Oh, my God. And then Martha's just left alone in that house. She finds Lucy's yeah. dead fucking body. She finds her body, like, staring sightlessly <coughs> in his chair at the at the fireplace. Like, her eyes are open and everything. That's the last Just image we're left with. Distantly staring off. And poor Martha has to face that on her own after arguing with her friend. Oh, man. And probably the love of her life. I can't Fuck find him. it. But he, he does say, um, uh, he does say something along the lines of, like, it's time now. We're as we're together now as we were always meant to be. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really poignant. The last scene. It's very like where touching. And she like sweet. turns around and doesn't recognize her old body. Yeah, that um, was. It was like really. She she talks about how she's like finally feeling good again or whatever. Like, I it's. It's really sweet. It's a really sweet ending. Yeah. The, the it all feels very earned. Yeah. And it's okay that there isn't like a significant amount of romance in the book. It it feels very earned. It feels it just it feels like they had they they had a bond um that was just really I don't know, both profound but also deeply grounded in like just people who've really enjoyed each other and mm-hmm. who met at the wrong time in the wrong place um but still found a way to spend their entire life together and it yeah. didn't need to be angsty it didn't need to be um... it also another thing is it doesn't feel super angsty no, about the fact all. that like he's not going to be able to touch her which no. like every time i read a ghost thing it's always about like the like lack of physicality which i get i understand why that's a trope and like more power to it like it's fun to read but it's also like really nice to see one that doesn't really care about that at Mm -hmm. all yeah no it's never an issue the only time it ever comes up is when she's like feeling shy about the fact that he's just hovering around her all the time yeah and the only thing he says about it is just like i'm a fucking ghost 
I don't feel anything about that. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. He's but he's like also very hot. But you're also hot. But also I, intellectually, I can appreciate. Intellectually, what's I see that you are a babe. Um, and I, we will be getting down and swarmy afterwards. We will swarm together. Um, Cannot wait to get dirty with to just, you. Our insects will vibrate together. Her insects. Insects. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, not great joke. It's a good movie. It's a good book. Yeah, I enjoy the shit out of it. And, like, usually when you bring me on, it's for stuff that I hate, so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I really wasn't sure. I had no idea what was gonna, what the book was gonna be like. I'm, I'm grateful that it did not, if anything, it was, like, an improvement. Like, I was just so fucking excited about the book. There was a, there was a really big part of me that definitely thought that, like, there was gonna be no romance at all in the book. Like I had no, I, I thought maybe it was an invention of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very glad. I'm also glad that they didn't drag out the Miles arc for very long. Thank fucking God. I found the Miles arc so exhausting. It was very exhausting because you know he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. From the moment you get to him, he's just like kind of awful. Yeah. And like, thank you for not making me suffer through that. I just also wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, no, no. Hmm. Good book, though. Everyone should read it. Yeah. It's a quick read, man. It's, like, super fast. Like I said, two and a half hours max for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Highly recommend it. Yeah. That's it. I think that's the episode. I think that's the episode. That's it. It's content, baby. That's it. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. What are you playing for? Um, if we're talking about semen and semen. Ooh. Semen and semen. Uh, I just watched um, Our Flag Means Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, super fun. Straight up queer, just the gayest show I've ever seen in my entire life. I was so fucking excited about it. Like, yeah. canon, canon, canon. It's all gay. It's all gay. They they kiss. Taika Waititi kisses Reese Darby. It's lovely to watch. I love watching two old men kiss. It's my favorite thing. Wait, do you, let me, tell me. Does, does Aside Taika... from two old women kissing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was about to say, wow. Um, it, does Taika Waititi kiss him when he's got the full beard? No. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Because that was a lot of beard. It was a lot of beard. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure in the future they will kiss with full beard. Yeah, I haven't had, the, um, haven't had time to watch the show. Everyone yet. knows that you can't have gay sex without two beards touching. That is true. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's not. It's not gay. So honestly, I redact what I said. There is no gay. <laughs> there's no actual. There's no, no one's gay. Actually. No one's queer. Yeah. It's. It's all fake. Um, but seriously. Really... Well, it is. V, I hate to break this to you, but it is a show and shows is not real. Shows is not real. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were very invested in this historical documentary you found, but I hate to, hate to tell it you was it's a, not real. It was a historical doc. I fucking love pirates, dude. <laughs> I know you do. I fucking like I was obsessed with them. Of the many phases you have as a child, I was a dinosaur kid first, and then I became a pirate kid, and then I was like a briefly a mummy kid, and then I went back to the pirates. Um, but th- because the pirates were my favorite, it makes Pippus even worse, huh? <laughs> yeah, it makes the fact that I did Pippus to you even worse. I yeah, because there were no pirates. <laughs> well, there were. Okay, fine. But they were all bad, and the they one were... that we were following was a pretend pirate, actually a lord. A, a pretend boring pirate. Why couldn't we just do a real pirate? Wasn't That's his so name fun. Derek? Yeah, I think his name was fucking Derek. <laughs> it made me so mad. I didn't even mention my pirate love in that episode, because it didn't even feel like a pirate no. book. It was so lame. There were so many things to talk about in that episode. Oh, none of them were good. Except Lauren going full feral. 
Yeah. But that's it. That was it. She should have become a lesbian pirate. She should have. That would have been it fun. would have been a superior book. Um, anyway, but yeah, yeah, highly recommend Our Flag Means Death. It's on HBO Max. And what else? Uh, sail the seas of the internet if you need to. Pirate Bay is your friend. <laughs> I know I'm a filmmaker and I shouldn't say that, yeah. but also watch things. Um, yeah. Things cost money now and we're all fucking going through it. So do what you got to do, but also support your local theaters. Go see everything everywhere all at once as well. It's super fucking good. Um, and yeah, if you want to send me money, send it in an envelope. <laughs> send it in an unmarked envelope. Yeah. Into the sky. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll yeah. find it uh, or put it in a gutter. I live there. You are the it monster. Yeah. Makes sense. I should have known. <laughs> all the all the children's bodies. Yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Didn't like that one. Huh? I did not like that That's one. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well. well, your clown persona was always going to get us here. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well, if you want to bring me back again, I'm interested only now in clown Clown erotica. Clown erotica. I told you that there is a book that I sent you. The book that not even the one that I sent you the other day. I've sent you multiple clown erotica books. I think I've been purposely <laughs> ignoring you, but my mind is ready now. <laughs> okay, well, that makes two of send us. Uh, clown fetish works to Abigail through her PO box. You can send it to my PO box, and I will deliver it to the. No, only for Abigail. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I'll deliver it. To... I know where you live. <laughs> In the gutter. <laughs> also across the tiny hallway from me. Anyway, yeah. plug your stuff Well, now. don't tell me what to do. This is my podcast. We'll plug it so that hopefully one day you can fund my existence. Oh, true. All right. Well, uh, you can do all of the things. Um, I feel like this was a strangely wholesome episode. And it was. I'm, I'm disquieted by it. Um, <laughs> we can talk more about tongue thrusting. Or swarms. Or swarms. Okay, we weren't that wholesome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay. You can follow me wherever. Kingdom Thirst. Instagram. Twitter. Whatever. Follow me. I'm Gilkey Kelly on Twitter. I'm more active there. Um, you can join the Discord. All the links below. Uh, you can also support me on Patreon. That's cool. Um, I know some people who support me there because they want to support the podcast as well as my writing endeavors whatever you do you throw me money that's okay you don't have to explain yourself to me um but i do write romance novels myself and things and what all um may 1st is going to be a really 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 good day to join uh because i'll have two full novellas up by that point i will also have like 14 chapters of concerts glory my novel up all to read there plus art and art streams and but join right now so you pay Abigail an extra month. If you do that, you won't be stealing from me. <laughs> you have to you have to pay me more. Pay me more. Pay her more. Pay me more. Um and I've got a really cool uh crew in the Patreon Discord as well. We do fun stuff over there. But I just put out a bunch of like bonus content in there. I dropped like a chapter of an old draft in there and a bunch of art. And, Ooh. Yeah. Um and we have like a thing where you can pick what territory you want to live in and um, all the stuff. And also, I keep forgetting to mention this, but there is um, incentive to me getting more patrons because when we hit 50, I'm sending out uh, postcards to everybody. These like really, really cool postcards they're based really on the territories. They're really fucking pretty. They're very pretty. Uh, they're, they're very saturated. 
They're um, very colorful. They're yeah. real pretty. Um, so I've held them in my little hands, and they're yeah, really nice. They're hefty cardstock. They're quite <laughs> nice. Um, each of them is signed and numbered and stuff too. So um, do that because I've got a big box of them in my house now. So I want to get rid of. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I'm sure I got other things. I got stuff going on always, but you follow me wherever and you'll get on there. You can send me something to my PO box or you can send me an email and get a request or anything. I don't say that very often, but I need ideas for the content. I make one of these shits like once a week. Yeah. Um, so let me know. I got some cool interviews. Make her do some soon, really but... gross shit, yeah. Well, gross is at this point such a relative term. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really know what's considered <laughs> yeah. gross at this point. To me, Abigail? What I've endured? So much. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just going to go contemplate my life choices, I guess. Oh, that's the episode! That's it! Goodbye! <laughs> Goodbye! Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.